Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wiseology. Um, we're going to do another departure, as I occasionally do, from my normal topics of conversation to discuss the tragedy that occurred in Surfside, Florida. Now, I know everyone's talking about it. Maybe you're bored of it. Uh, maybe you're disturbed by it, and this is not what you want to hear. If that's the case, feel free to switch the channel, as they say. Um, this really hits home for me, um, literally and figuratively, because I live in Surfside. I live uh, exactly one block north of where this tragedy occurred. Um, I live... Coincidentally, across the street from the Twin Building, the Champlain Towers North, which is an exact carbon copy of the other, uh, the building that collapsed. And um, I was home the night that this happened, and um, I was awoken, uh, you know, I woke up to the sound of the collapse, um, but to be fair... I only thought it was thunder by the time I woke up. I went back to sleep, um, and I heard sirens, and I'm used to the siren sounds when uh, police are chasing down speeders or whatever on Collins Avenue at like 1, 2 in the morning. So, again, I went back to sleep. I was used to it. Um... My son, had, my oldest son, had tried to reach me at two in the morning. I saw him miss call. I slept through that. I had another buddy, who I've mentioned in past podcasts, Stuart, who had been calling me since four thirty in the morning. And uh, I don't know. He just uh, he has this thing. He can't sleep, so he figures if he can't sleep, screw Jason. I'm going to start pinging him. So. And this has been going on, I've known Stu for, I don't know, 30 plus years, almost 40 years. And uh, <laughs> he would ring my phone to wake me up, and I wasn't going for it. So I would sleep through it. And he started at like 4.30, and finally the phone was ringing, and I think it was like the, my 10th or 12th missed call from him. And I go, dude, what's up? And... <laughs> He goes, are you okay? I go, why? He goes, go outside. He goes, there's been, there's been a, you know, a, a building collapse. I said, okay, I'll call you back. I go outside and I'm so out of it. I'd woken up several times. It wasn't a solid sleep. I walk outside of my, my um, without thinking, I'm like stumbling through the apartment, and I walk out of the terrace naked. Now, that's all well and good if you're like 18 years old, and you got like a 12-pack, and you, you, you look great. But the thing is, I walk out, I'm, I'm 53 years old, I look like a barrel of beer. So I walk out, not realizing anything, and I saw all these emergency vehicles. And I ran immediately back in. Uh, not because I was ashamed, but because of the magnitude of what was going on. I started looking at the news, looked at the news. And then I ran down to the beach. 
Um, and I took a photo. I was in shock. I took a photo of the building. Um, and then, it, like, walking back, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I guess, you know, that's a horrible expression that I've used, but um, it really hit me very hard. Um, and I started relapsing the PTSD that I had experienced from living through 9-11. And I don't want to get really into that, but uh, I worked downtown in 9-11. Um, and I basically, outside of three days, I was downtown every day since the buildings came down. So, and I know a few people in this, this building that had gone down. Um, it, the, the whole thing is obviously very upsetting. As it turns out, one of the families that I know uh, didn't make it. Uh, the only saving graces, they all died together. And I'm thinking they died in their sleep. And they had a pain-free death. Doesn't make it any better, but I take solace in that. The, another family that I know lived in a section that didn't fall down. And they thankfully made it out. Um, I don't want to get into names, but it, it is what it is, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I feel very sorry for everyone that has lost someone or that knows someone that suffered the, you know, this cruel death. It, it, the whole thing is a horrible experience. But I want to focus on what has happened or what is beginning to happen in this process. Everyone seemed to be pretty unified in trying to rescue lives, save lives, reunite family, family members. And to a certain degree, I think most people are realists and bring some type of quick closure to this matter so people can start the mourning process um, by having some connection with some, you know, just some finality to it. Not the finality of life, but, you know, discovering, you know, finding bodies to give people some peace of mind when it comes to that. The politicians are all unified. Governor DeSantis is down here. Um, the mayor of Miami-Dade County, um, Cava Levine, Levine Cava, I think it's Cava Levine. Sounds like a law firm. Um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has taken this opportunity to come out from wherever she's been hiding in the DNC center after she was caught feeding Hillary Clinton debate questions pre-debate in the 2016 Democratic primary race between her and Bernie Sanders. She had been shamed into hiding, but she is now back. Um, I've never seen her in the district since I've been living here. And I was living here during that election. Regardless, there's no politics. This guy, um, the mayor of Surfside, seems like a great guy. None, no one, none of these people I've just mentioned have trained or have training in any of this. Uh, there are very few people in the world that have experience with a building collapsing in the nature that this building collapsed. So, I'd say given that, I give them all A's. For what they're doing. And they all seem to be getting along harmoniously when 
you would think in this time of political vitriol and tribalism that they'd all be at each other's throats. But you know what? Surprisingly, I'm super impressed and happy that they, they're all doing the right thing. There's one thing that they're doing that I'm not happy with. They seem to be pointing fingers. Everyone seems to be looking for fault. We live in a society now where everyone's just, it's his fault. It's her fault. It's he, she's fault. It's she, he's fault. You got to forgive me. I'm still hung up with this pronoun thing. I'm old school. It's somebody's fault. The building's 40 years old. The architect's dead. The developer's dead. And now, unfortunately, over half the occupants of that building are dead. I don't know if they're renters, you know, tenants, or they're owners. It's, all this blame game is not going to bring anyone back. And everyone would like to say, well, if we know who to blame, we'll avoid making the same mistakes going forward. Well, for a nanosecond, we all seem to be on the same page, and there's no politicizing this. Even the mayor of Surfside, to his credit, by the way, said, look, the first and foremost thing is we rescue people. The second thing is we make sure the, family, the families are safe. They're mentally safe. They're, they're in a better place considering the circumstances. And the third thing is analyze what went wrong with the structure. And he's right on the priorities. And he's, you know, so someone in the, the press said, or they pointed out a 2018 um, inspection report that said the building had a lot of problems. There were a lot of problems in the building. Now, if there were so many problems in the building that the building was unsafe and inhabitable then, that it was such a dire need of emergency repairs then, well then, it would seem to me that the inspector is part to blame. It's not just the builder. It's not just the condo board. It's not just the architect. The inspectors played a part, whether it's county, the city. But believe me, there's probably plenty of blame to go around for everyone. Now, there was construction of a new building next door. A very fancy building. Um, I think it's called 87 Park. And they drove their foundation pilings in, or maybe they drilled and then, and then knocked them in. But either way, the, the residents of the Champlain Tower building are on record complaining about the excessive vibration they felt while this construction was going on. I spoke to a structural engineer, and he said, it's okay to hear construction all day long, but it's not okay to feel it. I don't know if that's true, Maybe I mean, I, I take for what the guy said. I don't have a structural engineering degree. But I'm sure that was part to blame. I'm not saying there, there weren't problems in the building. I have no idea. But if there were, an outside factor could have accelerated whatever problem there was. There's another thing that no one's talking about. 
no one is talking about. They've talked about the new construction. They've talked about faulty um, design plans and maybe going cheap and paying off people to to you know skip corners or you know cut corners. The town of Surfside, in conjunction with the state of Florida, the Department of um, you know Army of Army Army Corps of Engineers which I guess would tie into the federal government. They just completed, I believe in 2019, I could be wrong on the year, it could have been 2018, but certainly was going on in 2008, the construction part of it was going on in 2018. There was a beach replenishment program that was taking place in the town of Surfside, where the over the years, the storm, you know, that's what happens when you live in a beach, storms hit the beach, and they take the sand away, and the state, the feds, whoever, they were the town of Surfside, they figured it out and they got the beach replenished. They had a choice. They could take the, the sand from the ocean, pump it onto the beach, which they chose not to do. And they brought the sand in from Lake Okeechobee, middle of the state. Now, they couldn't deliver the sand by drone. They couldn't deliver the sand by airlift and just drop it on the beach. It came by truck from 88th Street all the way up to 96th Street. They added about 500 feet of beach into the ocean. That's a lot of fucking sand. Every day, truckloads of sand were delivered to the beach. How did they access the, the beach with the sand? Where did, the, where did the sand trucks dump their sand off? I'll tell you where they did it. They did it on the road of 88th Street and Collins Avenue that ran adjacent to the garage entrance to the South Tower of Champlain Towers. The exact road that is now filled with rubble. No one's talking about that. I would... Be willing to bet, and this information's out there, if you're willing to look, that at least 200 trucks a day filled with tons and tons and tons of sand went over this road every day. Um, it's just fact. I'm sure, I'm not saying that was the reason to blame for the tragedy that's happened, but I'm sure it played a part in the deprecation of the strength of that building. If that building was in such dire need of repair. Um, no one wants to take blame for this. And I'm not looking to blame anyone. It's a horrible thing. And no matter what the answer is. No matter what the answer is. It's not going to bring the people back. So all this litigation and the lawsuits... I, I get it for the people that remain alive that were in that building... There's insurance for the building. Everyone will get that. But other than that, the only people that should be looking for money are the people that were left alive and the people that owned those units. Other than that, I think it's all a waste. If you want to change building codes and, and all the investigations lead to... to to improve building code, building standards, construction standards. I'm okay with that. 
you know, maybe there should be federal standards. I don't know. I don't even know if there are federal standards. I mean, I'm talking out of my ass here. I'm just talking about common sense. Everyone's looking to place blame. There's plenty of blame to go around everywhere. It's not all on the developers because Champlain Towers North, the building that I'm across the street from, just finished a two-year project of, of, of a not only aesthetic, but they were doing structural repairs to the building as well. Believe me, I lost sleep for two years listening to all that crap. And that building's in fine shape. And the, and, and the politicians were saying, you got to get out of that building. It's not safe. Based on what? Based on they look the same? Each building is operated by a condo board. Each building is operated, it's its own entity. They're operated separately. They're not operated in concert. They chose to spend the money. I heard the tenants, and again, I'm hearing it secondhand. Actually, I've heard this from a board member, a condo board member there, that people were protesting paying the assessments required to do the work there. I don't know. But they're all dead. They're all dead, and everyone that's sitting around looking to point fingers, it shouldn't be about money. Now, I know it's easy for me to armchair quarterback this thing, but it's not going to bring anyone back. You want to improve the building standards? Fine. I'm okay with that. You want to fire someone because they, 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 they took a bribe to maybe make an inspection, a bad inspection go away? Okay. The guy's got a the guy or the woman has to live with that that guilt the rest of his life. You know, it is what it is. But the tragedy's not gonna go away. You want to avoid this stuff in the future, but none of it's gonna make the past go away. And we live in a culture now where everyone wants to erase the bad things in the past. Anyway, I guess I've opined on this long enough. Uh Again, I'm very sorry for everyone's loss, um, and not the greatest episode, not not so cheery, but I needed to get it off my chest. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next okay. week. A solid Olympic ten. Absolute zero. Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about.